Today's episode is made possible by the generous support of Charon Law Offices. Located in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, Steve Charon and his team work with startup companies offering a full range of legal services. No matter what stage your startup is in, the team at Charon Law Offices can help you. From structuring to developing stock option plans to assisting with fundraising arrangements, Charon Law Offices can guide you through the process. For more information, email steve at charonlawoffices.com or call 412-880-5633. Visit their website at charonlawoffices.com for more information. Charon Law Offices, from startup to exit and everything in between. You can follow us on Twitter at BroadcastPGH and find us on Facebook at TheBroadcast underscore PGH and Instagram at TheBroadcast underscore PGH. Our website is Broadcast-Podcast.com where you can find all of our past episodes. If you want to support the show, you can visit our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash BroadcastPGH. If you'd like to sponsor or otherwise partner with the show, we'd love to talk to you. Drop us a line at BroadcastPGH at gmail.com. It's cold in Beachview, and we're very lucky to have guests who are willing to brave the cold to come mm-hmm. out and talk to us. Um, and Pam and Jen are both here. I like when all three of us. Like, I like the energy. Like when but, all three of us can make it. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sick. It's all right. It's all right. Don't worry. But we're not holding it against you. Good. We're glad. Um, and it's nice because I uh, get some help with guests who I would never have otherwise encountered or had on the show or might have been harder. But... Pam has been really hitting home runs, I have to say, with oh, the guest thank list. You. So, thank you, thank you. Uh, so she brought us this guest today. I'm going to let you introduce her. Sure. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk to her. Well, thanks, Kim. Yeah. So today joining us, we have Rhonda Schultz. Rhonda and I know each other from some economic development work, particularly out in Westmoreland County. So that's where I really want to spend some time today chatting. But before we started, even, we were talking about, as to quote Rhonda, a meandering path of sorts. And Rhonda's not even from Pittsburgh, and she's really made a, a name for herself here in Pittsburgh in the community and economic development space and consulting. And so can you start by telling us a little bit about, I guess, first why and when did you move to Pittsburgh? And where have you kind of touched your magic over the years? Touching magic. Wow. That's, I'm going to have to Quite put that one on my there. bio. Well, well done. Yeah. <laughs> that just came to me. Hi. Um, so I've actually been in Pittsburgh now for almost 26 years. It'll be May, which is, that just sounds really ridiculous, that number of years, because I don't feel even old enough to say I've been in Pittsburgh that long and <laughs> married as long as I've been married and have a son the age that I have. Um, but we actually moved here. Um, we were my husband was transferred into Pittsburgh. We were in in Missouri. Um, he and I grew up on either side of the state, St. Louis and Kansas City. Lived in both places, and then came here. He was with a, a large consumer products company, and I was a trailing spouse. Um, you know, I had uh, had just finished a master's degree. I was uh, executive director of a nonprofit in Kansas City, and uh, we upped and came here. I knew nothing about Pittsburgh except for him traveling here occasionally. Um, and we came in March. And speaking of winter and cold, um, got we're at a hotel over in Green Tree. And I was going to go meet with somebody downtown. And he had meetings. And he left early. I got up to get ready, went and opened the, the windows. And there were there were six inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, where is my husband moving me? Yeah. Couldn't even get out of the parking lot to go meet this person. Um, and he couldn't make it into his office either. So anyway, that was my introduction to Pittsburgh. And, you know, I've had a really amazing, unexpected um, career journey here in Pittsburgh that, again, it's touched on a lot of different, you know, if you look at my entire career, it's been, like I said, a crazy quilt. 
um, of, of experiences, but there's always, there's always a connection that gets me to the next thing. And I think that's a really important, you know, as I talk to, to young women now that, you know, don't feel like you have to plan what your life is going to look like, um, your professional career, your personal life, whatever it is, you just kind of keep watching those, those doors. And sometimes you have to make those doors and windows open and kind of peek through and step through. But, um, my, my time with, with, in Pittsburgh, um, was great because I think that, um, you know, Pittsburgh in and of itself is, um, it's very Midwestern, you know, so it was very comfortable moving here except for the six inches of snow in March. Uh, but we get ice in March back in Kansas city, but everybody was super welcoming. I mean, I think that that is one of the things that I was, I was really just, I was surprised about because coming from the heart of the country, looking at Pittsburgh, you feel like it's very East coast. You feel like you're going to be walking into a place. that's very, feels very different. Even Kansas city and St. Louis are two very different personality towns. Um, and I would say Pittsburgh and Philly are two very different personalities. That they are. <laughs> and so, but it felt very comfortable moving here. And this is the other thing I've learned living in Pittsburgh is that no matter where you go there, you're going to run into people from Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. super <laughs> friendly. So they're true. super nice and they love this place, you know? And so even when I was in Kansas city and moving here, I, you know, when people learned that I was coming to Pittsburgh, they're like, oh, I know so-and-so and you need to get a hold of them. I'll, you need, you know, and so they were already making connections for me when I, when I moved here. So that was, that was wonderful. So, you know, I think this sense of being able to be open and welcome and, and recognizing that that is, that's something unique about this, this region is, is really important for folks moving into Pittsburgh. Um, and I, you know, I was listening to the earlier, um, um, broadcast that you were you were doing and and you know you were there was some mention of that as well people coming here and, and feeling very welcome and that's it's interesting true. you say that it's Midwest though because I came from here from Boston mm-hmm. which is obviously very East Coast city very kind of bigger city and I also felt like it was maybe just a slightly slower speed but mm-hmm. that it was it did have that East Coast feel to it you know, I it's, agree it's with a you. sort of weird crossroads here right yeah yeah where you're kind of Midwest you're kind of East Coast mm-hmm. but no one's really sure what we are. Are we Mid-Atlantic? Uh, are we East Coast? No, are we Midwest? I'm really not all any of the above. I, I, I like to say Mid-Atlantic. I've yeah. gotten into mm-hmm. arguments with some folks about this. Non-Pittsburghers. Non-Pittsburghers in particular. Right, uh, right. Who that, have never been here. Mm-hmm. Or I guess even folks from home mm-hmm. saying, oh, yes, Pittsburgh's Midwest. Pittsburgh's Mid-. Yeah. And I just even – and I'm not even from here. But I – I think it's kind of a, a hybrid of yeah, sorts, agree. to your point, Kim. Yeah. Because I think there is an edge that you would see. Yeah. We're in, not quite Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Yeah. But no, we definitely aren't quite to the level of Philadelphia. Yeah, much. her Boston. Yeah. But I do think that there is is a bit of a difference. But yeah, Pittsburgh is certainly, it's homey and welcoming. Yeah. And it is and it is unique. I and mean, I think yeah. that's part of the mm-hmm. charm of, of Pittsburgh is it's, you know, it has a complex personality uh, yeah. and, and that makes it very interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, to, to get back to answering your question, which <laughs> I'm very long-winded on. No. So one of the things that I like to tell people I did when I came here, because it's so, I think as a, as a, female and a woman to be able to say you did something like this could go, oh my God, how could you do something like that? Um, you know, when you have, you know, coming from, you know, you have your master's degree or director of an organization, why would you do something like that? So I, I grew up, my mom was um, a manager with Kelly Services. And so I grew up in high school and college working with Kelly Services. So I knew that organization. So when I moved to Pittsburgh, I knew nothing about Pittsburgh. And so I called the local Kelly Services office and said, look, you know, I'm new here. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to get to know the the lay of the land. And so I'm, you know, I can answer a phone, I can use a computer, I can, you know, I'm friendly, I'm professional, you know, send me out on some, some, 
send me to some places for, you know, filling in for vacations. And, you know, I just want to get to know the different companies, the different organizations, the different places within this community that I might want to decide where I'm going to work. And so, and I said, I only want to go for one or two week assignments. I don't want any long term because this is not about me, you know, finding a, that kind of a the job that typically Kelly was placing people in, but I wanted to get exposure, my personal exposure to these different kinds of companies and organizations. And um, the second place that I went to um, was the Allegheny Conference on Community Development. They had a couple of positions open and they just needed somebody filling in while they could um, they could hire somebody. And so the first the first position, you know, they I went in and they're like would you stay for this position? I'm like, no, <laughs> this is not really what I'm looking for. Thank you very much. But you guys are wonderful. Um, and so, you know, they, they filled that position. And then a couple of months later, they called me, the conference called me back and said, we have another, um, another position that we need to fill somebody, you know, have somebody fill. Would you be willing to come in and just fill in for us? Because we, we appreciated that. I'm like, sure, I'm happy. But no, it's only for a couple of weeks. You've got to, you know. And I ended up staying there. Um, it turned into one of those serendipitous things that um, my, mas- my master's degree was an interdisciplinary um, MBA. I um, actually was with the University of Missouri in Kansas City at their campus. I was working there while I was getting my master's. And I wanted to do something that was the intersection of, of business and public policy and really sort of businesses sort of role as a community citizen, whatever that community looked like, very tiny to very, to to global. And um, I could never have imagined a place like the Allegheny Conference that I would land in that took that interest of mine and and gave me an opportunity. And so that's, that's how I landed there. And then I keep saying, you know, and what I ended up doing, I just kind of helped out with different things until they, um, there was a role that they crafted that, um, that was exactly where I could step into, and that was when I became the director of the Working Together Consortium to help um, kind of lead a group of public and private leaders and, and committed organizations in implementing a regional economic revitalization initiative and plan. And so I keep, you know, people go, how did you get that job? And I said, it was divine intervention, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there was no, you know, and it was just sort of taking a step in, in a door that I didn't think I wanted to really step through. That's funny, right? It's always yeah. the job you don't think you want or exactly. you don't really, it's not that, and it turns into Yeah, me. and at the end of the day, when you do that, you don't know what's next, you know, and yeah. I think that's, to me, that that was such a, um, it's such a valuable thing to be able to convey to other people, particularly those that are that are either starting out in their professional journey. I do a lot of work now with, with um, higher education institutions, um, but also people in career transitions. You know, don't be afraid to not know what's next and just and take something because not don't just take it to take it, but take it because it, you know, it, it can lead to something completely unknown. Yeah. So what happened after after your time at the conference? Mm-hmm. You've made it such a big impact. Where, where did you find yourself after that? So after that, um, I ended up, that was, um, it, it was one of the most amazing jobs I've ever had. I work, and again, you know, speaking from a, a you know, this is a broadcast around women and, and their experiences. This was a time, I mean, the Allegheny Conferences Board um, was all male. Um, it had been run by men the whole time. We now have a woman who's, you know, the, the director of the Allegheny Conference, which is enormous. Um, and so, but... You know, it was um, it was a, it was a great experience because um, you know I I got to meet so many different um, organizations, entities, people, um, passions. Um, I ended up 
after about four years, I could have stayed there for another 10 years, you know, doing what I was doing. I was mobilizing people to be holding themselves accountable to doing something around a common vision. Um, but after about four years of doing that, um, they owned it. You know, they didn't need me. And it's almost like having your children stay with you until they're 50 years old <laughs> and running their lives. You know, I felt like I needed to step away. It was an opportunity for me to step away and say, no, you've got this. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, it had a life of its own. So in answer to your question, <laughs> long-winded way. Um, long-winded I, is good on podcasts. We want long-winded. That's, that's a whole point. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I actually decided what one of the things that was really – um, what I loved about what I was doing there was this this ability to work with people who um, knew they needed to have something uh, that they were working towards together, but they were coming at it from very different angles, with different agendas, with different yeah. motivations. And so, well, I, that's Pittsburgh in a nutshell. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. And so, I I actually went and I I left the conference intending to start my own business, um, which I still have today, and I still I still um, I still have I still work with this with my consulting practice. But the focus was really on providing collaboration consulting um, because that's what a lot of what I did in this role was bringing people together and saying, okay, we've said we're going to do this. You've got a piece of it. You've got a piece of it. You've got a piece of it. How do we, how do we make that happen? And, you know, one of the, one of the um, really cool kind of tangible things that I did while I was at the conference was work with public and private leadership and Alcoa and, and others in the community to transform the Alcoa former Alcoa building, um, into a regional, uh, a regional resource center. And it was about, you know, bringing in a, it, we had, we could do like three podcasts on that particular process all it, it, all in all. But, but at the end of the day, it was about pu- bringing public and private officials together with, um, you know, a public business and, or, you know, privately held, but very public business and saying, we've got this asset that we can, we can do something with and how do we do it in a way that's going to benefit the region for the time that it, it makes sense. And uh, so that kind of bringing very diverse people to the table, I find, I like chaos. I've, I found. I was going to say you must. And because... I think that was, you know, so I, 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 that's why I started my consulting practice and why I still do it today because I like the challenge of stepping into things that are very complicated <laughs> and messy and you don't always know what things are going to look like at the end. But even that, I, as I stepped into my own, my own business, I got, um, pulled in by one of the folks that I was working with um, through the conference um, and the Working Together Consortium um, to join um, a bioinformatics company. And so I was in the early sort of days of, you know, the biotech industry here in Pittsburgh and and built a, um, a consulting division within that to pull um, technical knowledge into decision-making for people that were either investing in biotech companies and helping with due diligence to, you know, we did some work over, um, you know, we did some benchmark over in the UK about building sort of biotech ecosystems and things like that. So, um, and then I was involved with their marketing and, and, um, um, department. And then I had, I stepped out of that, um, because we raised a big round of money and most of us who were there in the early days got, replaced by people coming in with the with the VC dollars. Um, but that was wonderful. I had a young child at the time, so I could really step back into my own business. And uh, um, and that's sort of – and that has led to a number of other things. So. And so you're still working in the startup space today. Yeah, right? I'm still mm-hmm. working in the startup space. I love that. I mean, I, I, it's interesting because I've um, – 
I never really thought of myself as sort of the entrepreneurial type person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say that, I mean, that's kind of surprising because yeah, that's, you that's have it all 100%. over. Yeah. 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 Everything well, you were it, just saying is so yeah. entrepreneurial. And so, yeah. yeah. And it, it, so I, I mean, I can go all the way back to when I was in, in, you know, middle school and high school and was working with my mother who was working with a young a woman who had her own business doing catering and, you know, I other weird things I would do as a child that, yeah, I probably did have that entrepreneurial kind of part of me. Um, and so, yeah, I do work with, in, in my consulting practice, so um, what I, you know, again, that collaboration consulting sort of evolved into strategy work um, and uh, doing that with both the nonprofit and nonprofit community as well as for for-profit entities. Um, but really, I like working with those early stage or evolving organizations that have that sort of sense of chaos and not knowing what it is we need to do or where we need to go. And how do you, you know, how do you kind of wrap and, and, and people within those organizations all having their own opinions <laughs> about, you know, what that means and, and how do you... Um, you know, how do you bring in the voice of the people that you're really trying to impact as an organization? Whether it, whether you're, you know, um, you know, a pure play for profit organization, you have customers, and your customers need something from you that you want them to really want from you versus anybody else. So rather than thinking you know what they need, how do you figure? How do you bring their voices into your decision making? And the same goes with strategy work with nonprofits. You know, I I was the director of a nonprofit, and um, you know the the individuals who give their lives and dedicate their work to serve in, in those kinds of organizations, you know, they really have strong feelings about what they want to be able to do to help individuals in whatever, you know, animals to humans. Um, but you have to understand where they're coming from, you know, and how do you sort of make sure that the voice of those, those individuals are really guiding you in your decisions and your programming and, and products and services and so forth. So, um, I'm not sure what the question I'm answering no, now, no, but no, I'm, no. you're fine. <laughs> We're learning but it's a lot. Sort of, oh, yeah. I know what it was. Is I'm still in the startup phase world, so yeah, and and I, you know, and so um, for my company, I, I I still work with those with organizations really that are looking to try to create some order out of chaos in the world. Yeah. Um, and then I do work with with the universities. So um, as an entrepreneur in residence at the University of Pittsburgh, um, primarily focused on on mentoring and coaching students um, and student teams. And then also the work that I, where I met Pam out in Westmoreland County with Penn State New Kensington and and their, their efforts to revitalize that community by bringing innovation and entrepreneurship um, to the community and their campus. Let's talk about some of the work at, at Penn State New Kensington because because that is certainly both entrepreneurial, of course, and the innovation space, and and your background with the the really the convergence of coalition building, public policy, business, as you talked about. But it's also in a part of the region that has been untouched, or not as touched as it as it really could be, and that's particularly interesting to me, and and of course to you of. What are we doing in our communities that certainly have been impacted and affected by economic downturn and they're hungry for support and they're hungry for new ideas, new spaces? Can you talk a little bit about that? Because sure. I don't think a lot of our listeners actually are exposed as much to yeah, well, what's going and, on outside the city. And I mean, I knew of New Kensington probably like other people know of New Kensington. It's one of those communities right. that are that's around here. Right. Um, I, I, like many of the folks that I've been working with over the last year and a half, I've fallen in love with with New Kensington. Um, but what drew me, me to, too. yeah, I know you did. <laughs> I knew you did. Um, but I think one of the, you know, one of the things that really drew me to, to do what I'm doing now, um, is I, 
um, I met with the chancellor of Penn State New Kensington down at the corner, which is at the time was this brand new, and it's still relatively new. It's only been open, we've only been open for a couple of years. Um, it's called the corner. Um, it's in co working space uh, to support entrepreneurs and small businesses in the community. And when you go down to New Kensington, you see this shiny corner. Um, and when I was walking the, 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 the streets of New Kensington with, Ke- with Kevin Snyder, the chancellor, um, you know, you, you could walk down these streets and you could, you could see and imagine what this community was like. Um, and you, can ima- you could imagine the possibilities. And that's what excited me is, you know, I like working in the, in the realm of possibilities. And, um, and I think that's why, you know, I, I like, you got something chaotic, there's, there's something there, how do we do something with it? But also it, it really, you know, it reminded me on a, on a smaller scale, but with the same kind of level of importance and, and, and potential impact of Pittsburgh when I moved here. Um, it, it was a, uh, it's a community that, I mean, it was the birthplace of the aluminum industry, it was known as Little Chicago. I mean, it was, you talk to people who grew up in the area and they, they paint this picture of, you know, this magnificent community that was hustling and bustling and everybody felt, um, you know, that, you know, this was a place that, you know, we were going to continue to thrive in. And much like this, you know, the whole Rust Belt communities across, across, you know, the country and region, um, you know, it, it fell under that, you know, the weight of that collapse. Um, the, what's happened though, is that it hasn't come back. You know, it, it's, it's survived. It's a community full of grit and full of, you know, want. Um, and, but yet like Pittsburgh was when I first moved here, I felt there was this, a little bit of an inferiority complex. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah. that, you know, yet, very, very fierce pride in, in Pittsburgh is fiercely proud. New Kensingtons are very, very fiercely proud of their community as well as they should be. Um, so, you know, this, this opportunity to be a part of something and again, step in as an outsider. I was not a, you know, when I came to Pittsburgh and was doing this work with the, with the working together consortium, I was an outsider. Again, why would anybody pay attention to me? But the point is you can come in, you don't have, Part of not having the relationships with people in the community, it makes you um, sort of uh, maybe more of a safer asset in the community for people to be able to come in and work with um, because there's no, there's nothing to base any potential yeah. relationships any on. It's a fresh identity. it's a fresh relationship. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, so far that seems to be working well. I haven't gotten to know enough people at all in that community, but it's, it's slowly happening. But the, the beauty of what's happening in New Kensington that I think really drew me to it is this sense that when I was walking those, the streets with Kevin that first time, um, he knew people. We were walking down the street. He'd say hi to Odie, who has Odie's Emporium. It's a resale shop. You know, he knows them. And we'd walk down the street and, and meet Corey at Mod Finish, and he knows them. And, um, you know, I knew I had known some things about Need Cafe, which is a really awesome um, um, community um, social enterprise to it's a pay as you can community um, kitchen restaurant that's delicious, by the yeah, way, if you're ever in New Kensington. Um, Easer's next door to the corner, which has been there for a hundred years, is a is a family owned diner that's still family owned. Um, anyway, it was a community that you know was you could see bits and pieces of of the hard work that was going into keeping this community together, 
And this commitment that um, in getting to know um, the university, what the chancellor was trying to accomplish, there had been, you know, years of community conversations between, you know, the city government, um, local business and industry, the, the university itself, all saying, you know, we have a community here. And, you know, and from Penn State, New Kensington's perspective, we have students here. You know, the students that are coming to our campus live in this area. And, you know, we, to me, I thought this was, this was part of the draw is that, you know, he had, the chancellor had this, this perspective that if we're not, if we are um, educating our students um, in the same way that this community is trying to maintain itself, you know, back in the second industrial revolution versus the, the fourth that we're coming, we're into. Um, we're not doing our students service. And as a university, if we're not somehow sort of stepping in and bringing the resources that we have to bear into a community that, you know, hasn't, hasn't seen the same thing happen that's happened in the Pittsburgh area, but we're right on the edge. You know, why is it that, that New Kensington hasn't had that same kind of um, opportunity to begin to revitalize itself? Then we're not, we're, you know, why are we here as yeah. an institution? And that's so, one of the things though, that when I, cause I've written a lot about economic development, just from the business standpoint and business community. And I think a lot of times what happens and you, what you're describing is really true that you can't take what worked in Pittsburgh and just apply it like a cookie cutter to New Ken or even within the city of Pittsburgh, like in this neighborhood we're in right now, a lot of the businesses on this main drag are not, um, you know, foot traffic kind of businesses. So they don't need to, they don't need people coming in during the day. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's kind of by design, that's deliberate, right? So you have to think of the community as it exists and as, you know, what it brings to the table. So how do you approach sort of economic development issues in a place like New Ken, when you sort of, everyone's sort of looking at Pittsburgh as an example of, well, we want to do that, but the path might be a little different or the resources or, you know, obviously it's a, there's a, a college presence there. So how do you incorporate that? So, so how do you, how do you have those conversations about, yeah, you can be like Pittsburgh or Johnstown or whatever. Um, but you have to also, you know, I don't want to say be true to who you are because that's a little corny, but you have to recognize that what your, you know, community has and what brings to the table, like may vary how you approach these different issues. Like, is that, are those tough conversations? Cause I think, you know, they see it, it worked for them. Let's just do it and we'll do the same thing. Well, and I would say that my, at least my sense has been and my observation and Pam, you've been in, in part of a number of these conversations. So correct me if you think I'm wrong. I don't think that New Kensington and the people that are looking at New Kensington and, and working collaboratively on its revitalization mm -hmm. have looked at Pittsburgh and say, we want to be like that. Mm -hmm. We don't, in fact, Sometimes it's a little bit of the opposite. And yeah. Sometimes it's a lot Learn of the opposite. Of the, from some that of the we have an opportunity in New Kensington to um, to create a model for revitalization that keep that is true to the community yeah. and yeah. the industries that are here. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it still has. We still have hundreds of small. Um, manufacturing businesses. Yeah. I mean, these can be one, two, and three person shops to, you know, larger, large, much larger um, industries. So, you know, there's this manufacturing base mm -hmm. that isn't even really talked about or supported. And so that's part of what we're looking at. You know, what is it that we have here that are our, our assets to build on yeah. versus to sort of say, we, we just want to overlay, a, you yeah. know, something so that it, it looks revitalized yeah, something um, new. and that we have the community engaged in that process. Yeah. Um, Which one of the is things so important. I mean, it's, it's critical. Well, you know, and my role there has been to come in and work at the corner mm -hmm. on the innovation entrepreneurial programming and support that we would offer. Um, you know, I've worked at 
University of Pittsburgh on a main campus, you know, that looks very different than a Commonwealth campus sure, um, sure. in terms of student involvement, faculty involvement. Um, you know, this is a community that saw the corner uh, go up, doesn't really know what it is, doesn't know if it's for them. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, I have been so magnificently surprised at the number of community members that have come in to take advantage of the the, the programming that we offer. Um, extraordinarily diverse group of people. While we're looking at trying to help support um, growing sort of business and industry to create really high-value jobs in that area for the people of that area, we also know that in order to be a really vibrant community, that that you know that corridor, that main corridor in in New Kensington, needs to be as vibrant as the people remember it used, used to be. And a lot of those folks that want to kind of be in those kinds of businesses, those main street businesses that you were talking about, they're coming through. And you know we're still, f- but it's a different it's a different type of programming than you see in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But to your point, it it, it took time. Oh yeah. And I think yeah. that's important for people to remember. <laughs> Got to play the long. It game. took a mm-hmm. it took quite a bit of time to build that trust and to build that interaction and willingness for the local folks to, to start come mm-hmm. into the corner and to take advantage of the resources mm-hmm. and the opportunities that you and other leaders were really hoping to bring to the community. And and I agree with your earlier point. I think in several conversations it was we do not want to experience what happened in Lawrenceville, in other yeah. parts of Pittsburgh, and yeah. not a knock on on Pittsburgh yeah, itself. There are a lot of unintended consequences to I development, think, right? That, that yeah, people you know, saw. Yeah. The people see gentrification and they see, you know, uh, you know, housing stock that now is not affordable, that those exactly. are all the pitfalls that you yeah, have to and, plan for. And that's the challenge too, you yeah. know, because my role is not to sort of figure out the answers to all of that, but we're hyper, you know, we're hyper vigilant and hyper aware. And so again, it's that, that the, the necessity of so many people having a shared vision Maybe it's not always the same in our eyes, but in general, it's a shared vision and that you're working with each other um, to the extent you can, you know, you begin to hold each other accountable for your role in that. And and that plays out in a lot of different ways. Um, but again, I think that, you know, it feels like a long time for building that trust. But again, the corner's only been open for two years. This is a community that's had, you know, that's been in decline for decades. And so, and hasn't trusted anybody because, and that's, and that trust is still a very important, I mean, that, that trust is still very tiny, 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 fragile, thin thread because they've had so many other times that people have gone, gone, oh, well, we've got something that's going to revitalize this community. And they're like, yeah, we've seen it. We've seen that before. Um, but again, you know, it's, there's very deliberate um, actions from, you know, again, from, I, I can't give uh, Chancellor Snyder enough credit for just spending, you know, he didn't come in and go, I'm, I'm the chancellor. He's been there for 10 years. You know, he didn't come in and say, I'm going to change, you know, I'm going to revitalize New Kensington. He spent 10, you know, he spent, <laughs> you know, from the beginning cultivating relationships throughout that community, but then also feeling this really sense of responsibility that, um, you know, they, the, the university has a part to play, not the part to play, and certainly isn't the one that's revitalizing the community, but just the one that's there enough to kind of just keep having those conversations. And then those conversations begin to take on um, ownership by a group of people that then leads to something that happens. The corner was sort of that first, one of those first tangible things that said, okay, there's enough of us going. We think we're, we're going to take that next step to make something real. What's some of the programming you have going on at the corner, right? So if this could be this episode could be a way to amplify some of that. Yeah, I want to go to New Canada right <laughs> yeah, now. Right. Well, like, we'd love so to have awesome. you come to New Canada anytime. Come. 
So um, the, the program that I sort of stepped into is something that was created through Penn State um, Invent Penn State program, um, and it's called the Launchbox. So we 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 do I do some programming that is very specifically targeted to um, startups, uh, but I'm finding that we've got small businesses of kind of all shape, sizes, and um, age range, I guess for lack of a better word, um, coming through. Um, and the, the focus on that is how do you really strengthen and grow your business by looking at everything, going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, how do you really focus on your customer and mm-hmm. how do you know them and how do you make sure that what you're, what you're creating is, is going to be unique enough and, and have the market size enough just to be viable. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's, um, uh, so, you know, the programming is to help empower them to think through what they need to think through and what the, and to be curious enough and bold enough and confident enough to um, reach out into, you know, sort of the market and their, their potential customers and, and um, learn what they, you know, what they need and what they, they want to pursue. Um, so we do that in a couple of different ways. We have a small program in the fall, um, but right now we're doing a 10-week program. I'm constantly evolving what our programming looks like um, because I'm finding that, you know, as soon as we start a program, there's five people that just heard about it and they yeah. want to they want to start it. Yeah, it's uh, classic lean startup, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, so um, so the programming itself. I mean, I for anybody who's interested and in, in the New Kensington and surrounding area, you don't have to be just in New Kensington to work with us at the corner. Give, contact us. What's the website? Um, the corner dot place. All right. Excellent. And for folks who want to come to the corner, it's what? It's a 25-minute drive from – on 28, if oh that, gosh, from – so close. Yeah. From downtown, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's we're five minutes from Oakmont. So if you think about it that way, oh, I mean, yeah. we're – Stop at the bakery. See, why yeah. do I think New Ken is so far? When you say it's, it's right from – like, Oakmont to me is not that yeah. far. Yeah, it's not very yeah. far at all. It's right up 28. And, uh, I mean, and so one thing I will say about New Kensington in terms of why you need to come visit is there is a lot going on. I mean, it's, it's one of those things people are going to go, New Kensington, New Kensington. Oh, my gosh, New Kensington. Um, one of the things that's very exciting for me <laughs> is that we're going to have – we have a voodoo brewery that is opening in New Kensington. They started with some pop-ups this, this summer um, and this fall. Um, they're on track to open this uh, mid-spring sometime. When that happened – and, you know, that announcement was made that they had made a choice to – that, you know, Voodoo was coming. I turned to the chancellor and I said, this, this, this is, is it. it. This mm-hmm. is it. This is, this is that turning point. This yeah. is that, you know, that uh, – what is it? Malcolm Gladwell tipping point, if you will. Um, that – and that's been bringing you know, people into the community. People come to the community. We have festivals. We have, you know, all kinds of things. And people come from all over the region, you know, to into New Kensington. They just don't know much about it. And – um, except for, you know, kind of coming in and going out and we want them to come and wander and stay. And, uh, there's a, there's, we've got some remarkable young people that are setting roots in New Kensington, um, taking a chance on it. My colleague at the corner, her and her husband, um, they own one of the businesses on Fifth Avenue, which we call the corridor of innovation. It's an aspirational, but we're expecting it to be, you got to name it. And then, yeah, yeah. um, it, our, we're on one end, the corner's on one end, and then um, Westmoreland County Community College kind of buffers the other other end of the corridor. Um, but anyway, they have that. They've bought a it's called the Blozier Mansion, which um, is a mansion owned by a family that had a jewelry store. You can still see the, the Blozier Jewelers sign still on New Kensington's main drag, um, but they're turning that into an Airbnb and event space. Um, I have um, a person going through my my program right now who moved here 
from Utah. Um, he moved into Pittsburgh and he and his family decided to build, you know, to get a house in the New Kensington area, Parnassus, which is right next to New Kensington. It's, but it's in New Kensington. Um, you know, and they're setting roots there. You know, we've just got, we've got young families that are moving in and that to me is just a huge, that's huge, huge that's, sign. Right. Um, there's that's what this, every economic this, development person wants, right? It's Those this young buzz families. and tingle yeah. and that is very exciting. And, um, you know, we've got students now with, at Penn State that are, you know, they, the c- campus is about five miles up the hill out looks very rural where the campus is students just don't come down into new ken and we've we're starting to get students engaged in the community and they're falling in love with it like i did you know and that to me is that's a win when we can get students involved and and seeing the possible seeing what's down there and falling in love with with what's there already and and the people in the businesses and and what and they want to get engaged they're like we want to get more students involved down here so how do we do that and and they're creating organizations to do that and working with small businesses to to help them from everything from how do I set up my Instagram account and make it work for me to, um, you know, to all sorts of things, building websites and Wow. I had, okay. yeah. I had great things no going idea. on in New Kensington. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It's the place to be. Apparently. I'm telling you, it is going to be the next, you know, everything's, <laughs> if you kind of go up, up river, we are the next up river town really yeah. that has it happening. So uh-huh. it's your turn. It's like, it's, it's time. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's New Ken's turn. Yeah. It's, it is. Go to New Ken. <laughs> wow. Right now. Well, one <laughs> of the things that the students, so one of the things the students did, I had some interns this summer that met with all these businesses um, along and around the corridor. Like what can we do? You know, what what's one of some of the biggest challenges for them as businesses? And one of them, one of the big ones, I mean, we had three big ones that came across everybody they met with. And one of them was we have to change the perception of New Ken. Yeah. And and you have to experience New Ken to be able to understand how to, to change the perception. So they yeah. actually started a hashtag campaign, hashtag experience New Ken. So anytime the students are down there and doing stuff, they're, you know, they're oh, starting to I post, you know, pictures. Oh, and Student energy, there's nothing like yeah. it. No, they there's want to make an Instagrammable like town, you know. That's yeah. what That's the right. students want. That's make awesome. it viral. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go make New Ken go viral. There we go. Excellent. Well, if we can play a small role in that, yeah. I'll feel like we, we'd yeah, love to accomplish yeah. something. Awesome. We talked a little bit before about entrepreneurship and then economic development. So what's the future of some of this work and how does it come together as far as what's next and, and what's on the horizon? So I, one of the things that I probably failed to mention is sort of how all of this dialogue um, in New Kensington with the, the the university, the businesses and, and, and others, but really it was driven by the conversations that industry had, was having with us in that, you know, in order to be competitive, in order to have individuals that are also ready to work with us, um, we're moving into the fourth industrial revolution, you know, the you know data digitization automation all of these transformative technologies are changing everything and um, we need from a university standpoint they're looking at us going we need students ready to work and work differently um, and realize that in manufacturing in particular because we're again we're talking about these this is a community that has a lot of manufacturing base um, it's not manufacturing like we knew it um, this is you know this is Industry industry 4.0, we're moving into the fourth industrial revolution, hot and heavy, and um, we need, indivi- you know, the machines are taking over some of those roles, but we need people who know how to work with the machines, we need people who are problem solvers, we need people who have sort of innovative and entrepreneurial mindsets, um, and, but also, you know, we need within 
the businesses ourselves, we need to be able to keep up with the rapid pace of technology. And we need to maybe reskill our, our current workforce um, to be able to work differently um, as these things rapidly change how we have to do business. And so what's very exciting is we, we've been, um, in addition to the corner, which was sort of that first physical manifestation of something that, that was going on, um, we've worked together with, again, with industry and the county, who's been a, a really magnificent partner of ours, um, and worked over the past year on a concept of, well, how do we do that? You know, we, how do we sort of create that mechanism to be able to, um, to not only help train workforce, but also help support industry in this, this transformation and this economy that we're in. And we just got, um, a word not too long ago about a large grant that, that, um, and I'm not going to give any details because the press releases haven't gone out yet, but maybe by the time this airs, it will have. Um, but basically, we're creating a digital innovation lab. Um, so think of it as a digital makerspace. Um, as we're talking about all of these things with industry, well, you know, maybe we need a makerspace. And we're thinking, you know, like the tech shops and factory unlocks. It's like, well, there are already those out there. You know, and really what we need to do is we need something that's a, a space that makes the makers of the future. And so the makers of the future are the people and the businesses, and how do we support them? And so this this facility um, will actually be built um, by a county organization, and much like the corner was built by a county. Uh, it's a county-owned building, but we run the programming. We're, we're the ones that house it or, or in it. And so this is going to be a place where... You know, we're we're right in the heart of um, meeting again, going out and meeting with industry very granularly now, saying, "Okay, you told us these were the things that were really important to you. We have now an opportunity to meet your needs in a lot of different ways." So we're we're now going out and meeting with business and industry about we have this uh, that's going to be here, and hopefully in the next eighteen months to two years, um, we can start programming now. So what is it that you're you really want us to try to 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 bring into this, and so in it, right on the same block, we think as the corner is going to be this brand new facility. Uh, we have an empty lot, so um, we're not necessarily we're not tearing down the you know the character of the community, which was I think a concern of some of ours, but actually building something that represents the future, and uh, it's super exciting. Um, you just drift from your body language and your face <laughs> like you're so excited about this and trying to like it is it's super exciting. And what's even more exciting is the you know I was talking about the the programming I'm running right now this spring. The the people coming through that program right now who re- you know they they know some things are going on in yeah. terms of revitalization, but tangibly it's how not does it affect really me how can I be yeah what does that mean to me you know right there we have now you know we've got some renderings of what this building is going to look like where it's going to be located what's going to happen in there and the energy and the excitement and like going oh my gosh that means my business down the road can it's going to have that thing and there's going to be people coming downtown and you know it's it'll be a resource yeah it's going to be it's going to be a huge community resource um you know I think our you know one of the things that's really really important to us that I you know I I don't want to let go um out of this conversation you know of not mentioned in this conversation is that you know again in an economic development effort uh, revitalization effort um it is super important to all of us um that we make sure that those individuals in this in our community are the ones that benefit um that doesn't mean new people aren't going to move in it doesn't mean 
other people aren't going to move out. But, you know, making sure that we have the opportunity for an economy for all. And so that's what I'm excited about with this Digital Innovation Lab. It's also a way for us to be able to create sort of that leap into, um, you know, a more sustainable uh, growth profession or career or jobs for a lot of people who've just not had those kinds of opportunities. And so we're doing a lot of work in that area as well to try to make those connections happen. Roger Schultz, thank you so much. Thank you for having for me. On. What, I'm just like blown us. away. Thanks so much for your time. It was great talking with you. The Broadcast Podcast is proud to be a member of the Sorgatron Media family. 